Hey, welcome back to the show. My name is Michael Lynn, your host for today's episode of the MongoDB podcast. Today, we're talking about the command line interface. Well, if you've been using MongoDB for quite some time, you will be familiar with the Mongo shell and with the Mongo command. These are command line interfaces that enable you to interact with MongoDB, the database. Well, along about 2016, you'll be familiar with the fact that we launched the MongoDB Atlas database as a service, which gave you a web graphical user interface to manage, deploy, and interact with your MongoDB databases. Well, it's back to the future. We're introducing the Atlas command line interface. This is giving you a command line to interact with Atlas. We've got Bianca Leasley and Jakob Lazinski joining me today to explain all about the Atlas CLI. Stay tuned. This is the MongoDB Podcast. Welcome to the show, Bianca and Jakob. It's great to have you on the podcast today. For the listeners, Bianca, tell the folks who you are and what you do. Hi, everyone. I am Bianca Leasley. I'm a software engineer here at MongoDB. I work at the API Experience team, and that also includes the Atlas CLI. Great. Well, welcome to the show. Jakob, tell the folks who you are. Hi, everyone. My name is Jakob Wajinski. I'm a product manager on Atlas team, and I'm mainly focusing on Atlas Admin API and Atlas CLI, which is the focus of the, today's show. So I'm very glad to be here. Yeah, fantastic. So we are going to focus on Atlas. And if you're new to the podcast and maybe you don't know what Atlas is, Atlas is our database as a service. It's in the cloud. It kind of lives above the cloud provider layer, and it enables you to deploy and manage your MongoDB instances in the cloud efficiently. And uh, it's got all sorts of uh, wonderful features traditionally from a GUI, from a web-based graphical user interface. And today, we're going to focus on another way that you can gain access to all the functionality behind Atlas, MongoDB's database as a service in the cloud. Bianca, before we get into the, the discussion about Atlas CLI, the command line interface, can you tell the folks a little bit about your background? How did you end up at MongoDB? Sure thing. So back three or four years ago, I was a software engineer in Brazil. I am from Brazil originally, and I was working as a software engineer as a co in a company called Caesar. And this company basically delivers software to other companies, uh, like big tech companies such as LG, Lenovo, and so. At some point in my life, I decided I wanted to live abroad, and that's where I found an opportunity at AWS. So I came here to Dublin to work at AWS ElastiCache, where I stayed for like two and a half years. And then I found out about MongoDB. I interviewed with the team and it was just so delightful. Uh, I have been here now for seven months and it's just like amazing. And that's where I am at right now. Yeah, terrific. So you came here seven months ago and dove right into this project? Yes, precisely. That was my first project. Oh, wow. Oh, fantastic. So we're going to learn more about that in just a moment. But Jakob, how did you end up at MongoDB? Oh, it was such a long journey. It took me 15 years. I started my professional career in 2007 as a software engineer. All back then, it was like web developer. If you know what I mean, like uh, that was a thing at that time. And then I was going through multiple roles, like team leader, people manager, project manager, 
And eight years ago, I jumped into product. And I started as a product manager at a startup called Smart Recruiters, spent there two and a half years. And then I moved to work for Atlassian. And as a product manager, I spent there like five years. And a year ago, I was, or now two years ago, I was reached by a MongoDB recruiter. And I said, no, uh, I don't want to work for you because they didn't have a legal entity in Poland where I'm based out of. But then he got back to me like six months later that, hey, we actually opened a legal entity and we are still looking for a product manager for this amazing, amazing product, Atlas Admin API and the CLI. I was like, all right, you, you bought me with that. And, uh, and then I, uh, I went through a recruitment process and I started a year ago, like literally a year ago. Uh, my anniversary was on Monday. Happy Mongoversary. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's great to have you both on the show. And as we discussed, today we're going to talk about a new way, a different way to, to access the features that Atlas delivers, Atlas, the database as a service. And uh, I guess, well, from a product standpoint, maybe, uh, Jakob, tell us what the Atlas CLI is. Well, I, I like to think about it as an alternative user interface to what you know as a Atlas graphical user interface that you access through the web browser. It really is tapping into the interface that a lot of the software engineers and uh, DevOps engineers are familiar with because they use it on a daily basis, which is the command line interface. And this is really for these folks that really enjoy working on a day-to-day -day basis in their command line. And I think the biggest advantage of it is that you can perform same operations that you can perform in the UI, in majority of cases, just much, much faster. You just type in one command to spin up a multi-cloud cluster across different regions with multiple replica sets, backups configurations, and so on, and so on. And this takes only one command. And obviously, you have uh, you can benefit from all the magic that the common line interface uh, gives you natively, which is leveraging the standard input, standard output from different applications, passing parameters, scripting around it using using shell scripting, and this all is just very very easy, very intuitive. We put a lot of focus on actual user experience in the common line. We have a lot of like interactive commands so that it's intuitive for you to use it. You don't need to use documentation for majority of cases. Now, there's a similar product, and it's called the Atlas Admin API. Maybe talk a little bit about the differences between the Atlas CLI and the Admin API. Yeah, it's actually a really good question because the Atlas Admin API is something that we use under the hood for the Atlas CLI. It's basically powering uh, the functionality of the Atlas CLI. So basically, majority of the functionality that is available in the UI is also exposed via a public admin API, which is like JSON-based RESTful API. And multiple products that we develop internally, like Atlas CLI, use it. And all of them use a Go client, actually not the API directly. So we basically have a Golang client that we built internally. It's open source as well. You can use it yourself uh, too. And uh, our products like Atlas CLI built on top of that Go client. And the main difference is that, you know, with the admin API, it's just much 
more cumbersome to perform like operations like a user, like a human. It's very, very designed for like programmatic usage. So Atlas CLI is mainly for humans with an option to do scripting around it. That's why the interface is more seamless for like human beings. Okay, so subtle differences and the admin API, obviously a little bit more programmatic in nature. Okay, so that's a great differentiation there. Thank you for that, Jakob. Bianca, tell us a little bit about how the project came to be. How did you get started working on the Atlas CLI? Cool. So the Atlas CLI was released in June uh, 2022, but we actually started with working on a MongoDB CLI on 2020. So two years ago, an engineer called Gustavo Bazan, he worked in a type of hackathon here at MongoDB. Uh, it's called Skunkworks, right? So mm-hmm. he thought, I really want a CLI. Uh, we don't have that yet. And that's where he started with uh, Mongo CLI, which two years after that initiative, he started to have like too many responsibilities. And that's where we decided to split it in Mongo CLI and Atlas CLI, right? So now we have like a dedicated CLI just for Atlas. Okay, great. And so Jakob mentioned Go. Is that what you're working in to develop the CLI? Yes, it is. So for the CLI, we mainly code in Go. Uh, the CLI is also open source, by the way, if you want to take a look. So we mainly work in Go and we have like some Python as well for release scripts and things like that. But it's mainly Go. We'll see there. Mm-hmm. Also, the client is Golang. So that's it. Okay. So folks are listening. Maybe they're interested. How difficult is this to get started? How, where do you go to, to begin using the CLI? It's pretty simple. So it's just two commands that you need to run. So you can start if you are a Mac user. For example, you can start with Brio install MongoDB Atlas CLI, and then you run Atlas setup command, which will take you from registration until having your free your first free tier cluster <laughs> running in Atlas. <laughs> yeah. Now, what about authentication? What if you've already got an account? It's going to sort that for you. So if identity, if you already have an account, you just click login as opposed to registering. And it's going to continue the flow and allow you to create a new cluster. Okay. And then it caches your credentials or, or a, a private key, I, I suppose? Yeah, you can set that up after you run the command. So what is going to happen is it's going to open a page for Atlas. And then you are going to click in login as opposed to creating a new account. And then you will authenticate, allow the CLI to access uh, your credentials, right? And that's where uh, it's going to be cached for you. Okay. I'm curious about how that works behind the scenes. If you're authenticating from command line, opening a web page, and I mean, are there cores concerns? How, how does that work from the Atlas or, or is it the Atlas admin API managing that from multiple sources? Uh, it's actually uh, very interesting because we introduced an OAuth uh, device flow on the Atlas Admin API specifically for the Atlas CLI to handle that authentication process. So it's standard, secure, OAuth flow with full encryption where we open the web browser like the Atlas login page and user would authenticate on the graphical user interface to log in to Atlas. But after that, 
authentication happens, they are presented with a security confirmation code that is presented in the command line, and they just copy it over there. And this is how we kind of bind this authentication with that kind of CLI session. And CLI gets a token underneath that has a fixed lifetime. Okay, that makes sense. So so it's all token-based, and I imagine it would uh, expire over a period of time or something, right? Exactly. It has the same expiration as our UI right now, which is 12 hours. That's why there is also an alternative authentication method. So once you authenticate with your username and password, you can go to Atlas Config, and then you can create a new profile for API keys that uh, you can retrieve through the Atlas CLI as well. So you can you can get your API keys and then you can configure your your kind of another profile on the CLI and you can use that throughout uh, the lifetime of your API keys. Okay, great. That that helps me understand the authentication and and you know security is a is top of mind for for all developers these days. So it's great to know that that's covered in a in a real standard way using. Uh, OAuth and and uh, standard tools and mechanisms. Yeah, believe me, we've had a lot of conversations with our security team. Uh, security team because before we actually were able to launch it, so it's really rock solid on the security side. Like our security team is very diligent. Let's put it that way, and uh, they are doing great job at making sure any of our services is secure for uh, for our customers, and we put a lot of attention it on the Atlas CLI side. Yeah, so important. Now, I, I want to go back because, Bianca, you mentioned uh, Skunkworks. Skunkworks is, is one of my favorite things about MongoDB. And for the folks listening, it's it's a, a yearly, I think it's yearly, right? It's just once a year? I think it's twice. Twice a year. Okay. So twice a year. Uh, engineers, anybody in the company actually is is welcome to to take some time out and work on something innovative, something different get out of their comfort zone and, and just work on something that they, they feel might either add to the product set or solve a problem that, that folks are facing. It doesn't even have to be MongoDB related, but, but I think those are the most interesting ones. And it's great to hear that this came out of a hackathon. It came out of Skunkworks. So um, that's great. And, and did you participate in Skunkworks this year? I did. I did, yes. So tell me about your project. So as someone who works on the CLI, of course, it had to be something related to the CLI as well. And that's potentially a project in the future that we were thinking of. So MongoDB doesn't have only Atlas CLI, right, as a CLI. We also have uh, the Mongo Shell. We also have Realm CLI, which I don't think if it, I don't know if it's App Service CLI, Yakov, or... It's an App Services CLI. So, so I, I want to help folks understand. Um, so there's been some product renames that have taken place. We've had folks on the podcast talking about Realm. That's um that's part of the the application services suite and the new name for Realm is application services, right? Yeah, app services in short. Okay, so so you're you're referencing several CLIs, Atlas CLI, which we're talking about today, mm -hmm. and there's also a CLI for Realm, which is the app services command line interface. So just cleaning that up for the listeners. Uh, but go ahead, Bianca. Yeah, so we have all these different CLIs. We have different teams working on them. And we also have like some things that we share. For example, our authentication mechanism is a bit like it's not shared, but we use a similar code basically. And 
we have been looking at the different CLIs and we have been seeing some different across the standards on them. And as part of my skunk works, I worked with a designer, uh, Dian Cheng, and we worked towards basically building a standard for all the MongoDB CLIs that we wanted to follow. And yeah, that's getting started. Like we did a proof of concept. We have a project in the future as well. And let's see how that goes in the next years. So how will that take shape in the form of documentation or a set of libraries? Like how will how will this change the way the, or the CLIs are, are put together in the future? As part of the Skunk Works, our huge goal was to have something like uh, leafy green UI. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Oh, yeah. So we wanted to have something similar, but for a CLI, that's a long shot. We don't know if that will make, like, if that will be the end goal, but we definitely mm-hmm. want to at least have a standardized way to write comments on all of the CLIs that we have, how to standardize the help page and things like that. Okay. So we'll look forward to that in the future. And and I guess really it's probably not going to surface in a way that that folks outside MongoDB will will realize, but they will experience the benefits of it because of the consistency from command line interface to command line interface. So that's a good thing. They are the end goal of this project. Yeah, it's just for delighting the users and make sure like if you use one CLI, it will be released to use another one. You know, because overall you're a CLI user, right? You really like to use CLIs. So we want yeah. to make sure it's consistent. Yeah. And, and that's in the way that the options are passed and the, the naming of the options and uh, other things that, that have slight variations from, from one product to the next. Yeah. So I want to just dig a little bit deeper into the functionality available in the Atlas CLI. Now, it might be, it might be pretty easy to understand when you go to Atlas using the graphical user interface, the web-based interface, um, you're going to see... Uh, deploy a new cluster or data. I think they're calling it create a database. Once you do that, you're actually going to interact with the web page and select your your server types, whether they be serverless or the shared tiered instances, and and specify the the configuration of those, and ultimately just launch a database. And at the end, you you get back a uh, a database and a connection URL, and you walk through some of the the additional security associated with creating a user and poking a hole in the firewall so that you can access that instance. How does that differ in the CLI and and what other functions are available? So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a great question. Uh, in the CLI, it's, uh, it's slightly different because you have much more top of the capabilities available straight away. Obviously, when you get started with Atlas Setup, we take you through a process of getting started with, a, as Bianca said, a free forever cluster with MongoDB on it, loaded sample data, and we connect you to that cluster during that process. So at the end of that getting started experience, you have a ready-to-go database with a connection string that you can copy-paste to your uh, driver that you want to use for your programming language of preference and you know connect the application to it, and you can start playing with it. Or we will use Shell, Mongo SH, and connect to it through the CLI. So you will be able to play with the data straight from the command line after that process. So that's that's the very first experience that users will see when they get started using the Atlas setup command. Okay, that's fascinating to me because it's kind of blurring the lines between 
administration and at actual data manipulation, right? But I, I mean, I guess that makes sense because the Atlas user interface gives you the collection viewer and you can actually add documents to your collections and edit those. So it would make sense that the CLI gives you the ability to do that as well. Now, do you also have to have Mongo Shell installed? Actually, when you install Atlas CLI using any of the package managers like Homebrew, YAM, or apt-get, we are installing Shell alongside the CLI. So you don't need to care about it separately. So when you do like brew install mongodb-atlas-cli, then you get the Atlas CLI along with, with MongoSH. So I'm curious about limitations. Are there things that the CLI doesn't do today that perhaps it will in the future? Uh, yeah, there, there's always some gap uh, with what you can do in the UI and what you can do in the CLI. And I think there are two things that are worth calling out. One is Atlas Charts, which is another product on our developer data platform that we do not have APIs for at this point, so we cannot implement equivalent on the Atlas CLI. But we are having conversations with the relevant teams to make it happen. On the other hand, we have billing and payments. We have some billing information available in the CLI. However, the payments configuration due to security reasons is most likely never going to happen through the CLI because it requires some additional additional kind of security that the UI can provide. So these are the main things that are worth calling out. On a regular basis, there are like new features coming up in the Atlas every three weeks, right? And uh, along that new features, there are usually APIs being exposed. So we, uh, what we do is that we are monitoring what's going out in, this, in those releases, and we basically follow up with a quarterly slots within the team to add the new functionality to the CLI. And where can people go to get more information about the Atlas CLI? They can go to our documentation page, mongodb.com slash docs slash atlas slash CLI. And that's going to take you to the, to the homepage of the Atlas CLI. And from there, you will get information on all the different installation options that I mentioned, like the package managers, YAM, APT, GET, and also links to our download center to download uh, the binaries and installers for uh, Linux operating systems. Okay, great. And we're going to include links in the show notes. So if you're curious about more resources and information about the Atlas CLI, make sure you check those show notes for, for all the links. So Bianca, what else do developers really need to know about the CLI? So what developers need to know is that at the moment, we work very hard with uh, developer experience. And you will see that doing complex stuff in the CLI is actually really simple and easy. There are a set of features that you can go and try to use, such as online archive, uh, retrieving logs, using advanced clusters, serverless. All of this new, shiny, and complex stuff is available on the CLI, and you should try it out because it's actually pretty simple. Just ask for the CLI for help. It's going to give you really, really good documentation already. And if you need any other help, you can just go to our docs, and you'll be all set. 
Okay. Well, thanks for that, Bianca. Uh, Jakob, what's next on the roadmap? What's coming down the pike for the CLI? As you probably know, I cannot uncover too much as a public company, but I can give you a sneak peek uh, of uh, some of the teams that you can expect to come out of uh, our teams. So one of the things is that we are continuously going to improve the installation experience and getting started experience. So for instance, we will make it available for Windows package managers. We want to make sure that all the major platforms will be covered with the proper installation experience. And then as we look into the data of how the CLI is used, we'll be further tweaking little things here and there on the onboarding experience so that we make sure that all our users have amazing, amazing experience at the start. Moving forward, as Bianca mentioned with her Scanworks project, we also have a focus on general user experience, not apart, apart from the getting started. We want to make sure that there's much more interactive comments uh, that people can use intuitively without actually having to write flags in the comment. Uh, they would just write the comment and press enter, and we would go through an interactive flow for more and more actions. We also want to improve experience on uh, the long-running comments so that you can actually watch them so that it's easier for you to understand when this long-running command is over. Uh, so it's easier also to call around that. So one of those, an example of a long-running command might be uh, deploying a cluster, for example. Yeah, deploying a cluster. Uh, it can be also downloading a backup mm -hmm. or restoring a backup, right? There is a few long-running commands that you have, and uh, those are kind of asynchronous. And we will we'll provide more and more watch commands for those. Great. Uh, this has been a fantastic uh, discovery session for me. I've, I've enjoyed learning more about the command line interface. Once again, if you're interested in learning more about the Atlas CLI, remember to check the show notes. There's going to be some links there. Uh, you can get links to the documentation to read more about it. Bianca and Jakob, thank you so much for joining me today. Anything else before we wrap? No, thank you. It was a pleasure to, uh, to be here on the show. Same for me. Thank you so much for having us. And people use the CLI. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks very much. You're going to love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much to Bianca and to Jakob for joining me today to talk about the Atlas CLI. If you want to get more information, check out the show notes. There's going to be links to resources for the documentation and to contact information for Bianca and Jakob. Hey, folks, would love to get some feedback from you about the podcast. We want to make sure that we're improving constantly, and we can only do that if we get your feedback visit the Apple podcast page, provide a rating and a comment. Let us know what you think and we'll be sure to take action on your feedback. Much appreciated. Have a great day.